This episode of Author Stories is brought to you by the Writing Mastery Academy. Founded by Jessica Brody, author of the best-selling plotting guide, Save the Cat Writes a Novel. The Writing Mastery Academy features online, on-demand writing courses, including the official Save the Cat Writes a Novel companion course, novel fast drafting, crafting dynamic characters, and productivity hacks for writers to name just a few, plus monthly live webinars on various writing topics. Go to jessicabrody.com slash hank to learn more and get your first month of unlimited access to all the content for just $6. That's right, just $6. jessicabrody.com slash hank. You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret White. Terry Brooks. Sheena Kamal. Matthew Quick. J.T. Ellison. Walt D. Williams. Brad Ford. Corey Doctorow. Brandon Sanders. Robin Mom. Ernest Klein. Jim Butcher. Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I am super excited to have two of my all-time favorite storytellers uh, back on the show with me today, Nikki Gerard and Sean French, who write together. Uh, you know them uh, as Nikki French. And, uh, you know, I am I always look forward to uh, to having them uh, back on the show to catch up because uh, I, I I consider them my my writer friends from across the the ocean and uh, I, I I always learn something new uh, from talking with Nikki and Sean. Uh, they have a new book out here in the states uh, today. When you're hearing this, you can go out and grab it. It's called The Other Side of the Door, and uh, y- you know I, I'm I'm always surprised uh, when I open a new Nikki French book because. Uh, you guys scare me in ways that I never thought were, were possible, <laughs> and, and I love it so much. Welcome back to the show, Nikki and Sean. Thank you very much for having us, and, and we, you know, we think of you as our writer friend, and it's a great pleasure for us to be with you again. I love it. Um, Nikki um, and, and Sean, we, we were chatting um, just you know before we, we kicked the show off about – you know, what life is like and, and COVID and, you know, this, this, you know, nightmare that we've all been living for, uh, you know, just over a year now, uh, solid. Um, how has it affected you guys? Because, you know, we, we were talking a little bit, you guys work from home and, and you have a, um, a, a great place that you work from and it's, you know, everything that, that you, uh, want it to be because you, you've, kind of customized you know your work experience the way you want it but there's something different about not being able to leave and not getting to interact with the whole rest of the world and you know even even though where you are is 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 wonderful you still want to want to go out and, and and experience the rest of the world you know from time to time what what has this time been like for you guys well you're quite right that that we are among the lucky ones because we work from home and we live in a nice house and we have a nice garden so on the surface the kind of daily fabric of our life hasn't changed that much and you know we almost feel guilty about how lucky we've been during these wretchedly terrible times but nobody nobody who's got a kind of mind and a heart cannot be affected by what's kind of going on in the world and in their own country it's and it's just 
it's it's kind of wretched and seeing people all around us having terrible times that's wretched. also just there's so many things that one misses I mean you know obviously not being able to see our children not being able to see our mothers not being able to see our friends not being able to kind of experience culture not being able to be spontaneous not be able to kind of meet new people and that thing about not Thing, everything is has to be planned nothing is unexpected everything is kind of you know we kind of have to kind of arrange things so we are longing <laughs> longing to be out of it also but i think part of the way that nikki and i write together is you know when we're not when we're not actually writing a lot of the way we think is by traveling around walking around london cycling around london thinking about it you know it's one of our great inspirations you know about we inhabit the places where our characters inhabit and it's been so so it's been strange we have felt it's a bit like being cut off from your you know from your you know oxygen supply or something i think yeah well well, sean i was going to ask you that um how has has this changed your creative process because like like you say a, a lot of people do rely on um, new surroundings, new information, just the the uh, uh, absorbing the world around you and and looking for inspiration. Um, it, how has uh, how has this affected how you you know do your writing process and how you do your 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 pre writing, which might be more important. Well, in a way, I feel like we're sort of we're like a car or a plane or something that's running on its extra tank you know it's sort of the extra fuel tank that it's got attached you know so we're, so we're sort of like using up our our kind of memories of places and you know think we you know we, of course we know things like the, the things we've been writing we know this very well but we we got we thought we, we wouldn't like to write another book in lockdown and also we were very there's i think there's one of the things that uh, i think there's a kind of nightmare going on uh, with lots and lots of people all around the world writing their COVID novels, you know, <laughs> writing thrillers about, you know, a group of people trapped during the pandemic, you know, and, one of them, and they start being murdered. And I think we've made a real vow to each other that we're not going to write a COVID novel. <laughs> I think there's, I think everyone, you know, we want to, uh, we want to get away from that. But on the other hand, there will be. I mean, it's impossible not to be affected by this. We when we've been back into. You know, we've been living in our place in Suffolk in East Anglia. And when we've been back during kind of windows of opportunity into into London, it feels quite unfamiliar. You know, the crowds, the jostle of people, even during even during the pandemic, that kind of weird sense of people as being dangerous to each other suddenly that that must affect our imaginations. But it's unclear how yet. Well, um, what do you think? Um about the next generation of, of books that will come out because like you say Nikki it it's almost impossible for um, for this time to not have affected everyone in in some way now some people will write books that just seem to be very on the nose and you know about a global pandemic and and maybe it's covid maybe it's you know something else that we take a little artistic license with um, but some people will be more subtle in 
in um, kind of dredging up the feelings that we get from all this without necessarily, you know, calling it a global pandemic or, or whatever. But how do you feel, uh, Nikki, that this time is going to affect especially thriller writers and people that that sort of play on our worst fears uh, in, in yeah. you know, uh, some creative way? Yeah, that's so interesting. And of course, I have no idea, actually. But I guess one of the things I've been thinking a lot recently is how, you know, everyone has such individual experiences of the pandemic. On the other hand, there is we're kind of bound together by a sense of collective anxiety and a sense of collective trauma, if you like. And also, maybe this is more relevant to kind of thriller writers like ourselves, that kind of sense of that actually everyone is vulnerable. You know, we, we like to live thinking that we're not vulnerable, that we're in control of things, um, that we're kind of the agents of our own destiny, etc. And something like this comes along and it knocks us in, in, a, in a huge way, I think. So people who felt impervious to kind of danger and change suddenly realise that they are vulnerable and they are mortal. Also, I think that there are, I think for people like us, what you've, we, we, you know, the, the way we'd apply it to our own work is we, we're not going to write a novel about a pandemic. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not write that sort of science fiction writers, whatever it would be. But, 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 but in a way, what, there, there have been other sides of it that have been fascinating is people just what it's like in, in whatever the circumstances, the challenges of when you're forced to stay with a group of people and you can't leave. And, you know, so I think that there'll be people. So that I think people will be there'll be books i think the almost the least interesting things will be just writing about something like covid but more to be what we've all been through the, the right. things that we wouldn't have anticipated i i think you know there's a there's maybe an interesting argument here um that could be made about the role of writers especially fiction writers in our lives are is is their job um to to report on uh kind of our our collective experiences, our fears, our uh, you know, whatever it is that we're all feeling together, or is it a writer's job to distract us from the thing that we're all feeling, or uh, is it too simplistic a way to to even look at the the role of a writer? That is that is the sixty four thousand dollar question. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, what I'd say is, what you can't do. It's not. Sometimes I think there's almost a feeling that writers have a duty to write about the quote what, what the big subject. I mean, I think which I thought. I mean, the, the obvious example. I think it was a terrible curse after 9/11 that quite a few novelists felt. Oh my God, I've got to write my 9/11 novel, and there was the result. There was some really, you know, there was some bad things came out of that. I mean, and I often think that say someone like Don DeLillo wrote his best 9-11 fiction before 9-11 happened. You know, yeah. it was somehow he he was so tuned into the, the, the zeitgeist that he was sort of saw what that was coming out of. But I think there's a real danger in thinking you have to you actually have to rise to the subject. But so but so I think this and on the other hand, I think just the idea of fix of oh, I'm going to write something because everyone's feeling a feeling of dread. So I'm going to write a very funny escapist book so people don't think about it. I I, I feel worried about. It. I don't think that's. I, I mean, my own feeling is on on the one hand when you know at the times where I've been feeling, you know, like a lot of us have, there's a terrible dread 
and sort of name in a kind of fog of dread during this epidemic. On the one hand, I don't, I've not felt I want to read a novel about COVID. On the other hand, I don't necessarily want to read a PG Woodhouse novel that's just will be ha ha, you know, so I can laugh and not think about it. I want, you know, I, I quite, I'm quite drawn to, to you know, often it's a, a time where you want to explore the dark side of, of, existence but maybe in an oblique way you know yeah I mean I think that different books or different writers have give assign themselves different roles and some are funny and some are escapist I mean I guess the kind of thrillers that we write they're all about facing up to things that terrify us in our lives and kind of maybe giving it some kind of narrative coherence or kind of patterning it in some ways and so we're definitely not just going to suddenly start writing kind of escapist dramas that allow people to forget about the world because we're we're always kind of thinking about how to think about the world i guess i mean just i'm just trying to think of specific examples take something like the the first world war which you know what what how did crime novels react to the first well i can't really think of crime novels about the first world war but i was suddenly thinking you could maybe argue that the the fact that someone like agatha christie came are you know in this you know came to prominence sure. in the 20s and 30s that maybe you could they'd be I'm sure you could could argue that she's a, her as a kind of response to the Great War about, you know, suddenly the kind of this respectable village life in which she grew up suddenly was wiped out and destroyed. And, they, and she suddenly realised, you know, there was a kind of darkness beneath all what, you know, people thought it was all so safe. And they realised, you know, suddenly all the young men went and were killed. And I think that maybe that, you know, so that's how you respond to something big you know you know on a really on a psychic level maybe rather than just thinking i'm going to write a book about a murder being committed on the western front well speaking of world war one uh i think uh i think J.R.R. tolkien's uh you know magnum opus the, the lord of the rings trilogy um is is a it almost a, is a is a thinly veiled um you know reference to to the great war um and Right, Absolutely. he was, and he yes. was he was in the trenches. I think yeah. well, exactly, and and these are uh, you know he and Agatha Christie um, have two totally different ways of of uh, describing those emotions and and those feelings, and both are completely valid and completely as far apart from each other as as you could imagine. Um, yet uh, yet both experiences that come out of that that's that's fascinating to think about the mm. breadth of uh of work that's going to come out of this covid time and i guess and you hope, and you hope it'll be like that you hope it yes. won't just be the and what you want is not the work uh, you know not the things you're expecting what you want to write is to give you something completely you know no one was uh, no one was calling for the lord of the rings you, you weren't expecting right. the, the great war performed by hobbits i have heard there are quite a few zoom novels being written oh dear, <laughs> oh, dear god no 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 <laughs> murder across zoom that's, that's going to be the next thing oh man well enough covid talk um the the other side of the door the the book that is debuting today here in the states um first off what a fantastic novel what an amazing premise um i loved it from from page one um but help me understand this is uh is this a book that has was previously published uh maybe in the uk that's now finding a a new life here in the states and yes, and abroad that's right. 
it was first published it was the last book we did before free decline so we put it was published in 2009 in in britain authors i have a fantastic new service to tell you about it's called pubsite pubsite is a service to help you build your very own website your home on the web where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you pubsite is a website platform that allows every author regardless of budget to have a great looking professional website developed by the book marketing professionals at fsb associates pubsite is the new easy to use diy website builder developed specifically for books and authors whether you're an author of one book or 20 or a small publisher pubsite allows you to build design and most importantly update your website pain free no need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website save the money and do it yourself pubsite is the best platform for authors because it's a book centric platform pubsite was built just for authors and small publishers every design feature and layout is book centric they have customized designs for you to use it's easy to build no coding or html is necessary to create a stunning professional looking website with all the features you want get a custom domain name yourname.com it's simple to update you can add all of your books add a blog and a book tour sell from any retailer manage your email list and social media and even do e-commerce build your website with a 14-day free trial then pay just $19.99 per month which includes hosting and we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you pub-site.com the place to help authors find their home on the web so that's it's very interesting that this is the last book before frida came along um what uh, how do you how do you feel like this book is different from uh the frida series and and y- you guys really broke um, some amazing ground on, on the Frida series and, and uh, things that, that we love about uh, thrillers. Um, but how do you differentiate this book from from your later work? Well, that's a really good question. So I'm going to give an answer, and I'm sure Nikki will then say she totally disagrees. So let me my <laughs> I hope I'll, so. First thing I'll say, it was the, it was the last book we've written with that was that's a first-person story that's been told by, you know, well, is it? it is a first book. No, no it's it, not. So it's, to me, it's the last. It is first person. Yes, yes, but, that's but they, right. Yeah. But then they, we've written the first person after that. Have we? Is that right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, okay. Uh, but I, th- I think in a certain way, one of the things was about our, when we, the, the, those big books we were writing at that time. I think we were particularly trying to, uh, at least with certain, we were trying to set ourselves certain technical challenges. You know, that, I mean, for example, we did a, you know, when we did a book called Losing You, that's a book that's like written in real, that the book takes place in real time. We thought of it as like a single take film or a, a book uh, Beneath the Skin. We had, we tr- it was almost like an experiment of telling the st- same story three times in a row with a different kind of suspense in each section. And this one, we had this, we had the idea of, we, I think almost we maybe we almost felt this is as far as we can go as an, as an experiment, because the, the idea, it starts from uh, uh, the, the, uh, the main character, Bonnie, looking down at a body lying, lying on the floor in front of her. And then we tell two stories, which is one 
how did we get here? How did we get? How did she get to the point to this point of there being of this murder having taken place? And and secondly, what does she? What happens next? How, what does she do with this body? And we tr we tell the two we interweave the two stories. So it was very. Um, it was a re we found it a really interesting challenge. I, I I have to say it's almost sometimes people ask as my you know which is a favorite of our books and very oddly I, I feel a great affection for this book because it was yeah it, I think I think writing it and pl or planning it as well made our brains hiss with the effort <laughs> because it's like I, there must be a mathematical shape that I that I don't know of that would describe it it's amoeba like a strip or something amoebas yes maybe it's like that or like an interlocking spiral so we begin from the moment of the murder and move forward and simultaneously we begin to the events that's happened to create, to, 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 to set up the murder and move forward. And the two stories meet <laughs> at the moment of the murder, if you see what I mean. Um, so we're gradually moving towards the kind of dark hole at the centre. And it was it was very complicated to do. And we wanted to do it so that both, both the before and the after would chime off each other. Um, and then, and then we wanted to write about a group of friends, it would, and not just one person, but a whole group of friends, kind of who are musicians, kind of playing together, performing together, deceiving each other, loving each other, um, and chiming off each other in that sense as well. It was, it felt, it was very kind of complicated, but incredibly um, kind of exciting and rewarding book to write and it, and completely <laughs> completely different from the free decline novels which is as you know it's like a series which take place kind of in a chronological way over eight books over a period of time in free decline's life a, a lot of times um a, a book will start with a character um uh, you know that this character will walk on the stage of your mind and 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 they come if not fully formed at least with intriguing elements about them that that make you want to get to know them and find out what they've been up to and and what they're capable of uh, in in a lot of situations what was it about bonnie graham that initially intrigued you I would say the first thing about Bonnie Graham, actually the name Bonnie, we've just got a new puppy and we've called her Bonnie. So <laughs> Bonnie, I have this image of this little whiskery face peering up at me. So I'm going to try and disconnect myself from that. I think Bonnie, the first thing that we thought of with Bonnie wasn't what her character was like, or even that she was a, a kind of teacher and a musician in her summer holidays or to a certain stage of her life. We had the idea of her looking down at a body and thinking what she should do next. So we kind of put her in a little flat, staring at her body. And in fact, the reader doesn't know who the who's the body is for very many chapters of the book. It also, I think one of the things is to make a big comparison of her with, with Frida, we were very aware as we, as we lived with Frida and, you know, book after book, that Frida is a sort of, She's not like us. She's a, she's cleverer than we are. She's a kind of a sort of alpha female, if you will. Yeah. Uh, whereas Bonnie is the the point of her, apart from she's being a musician, which we we aren't. Uh, is she's very she's sort of ordinary, and she makes this fateful decision uh, with the, to to dispose of the body, uh, and so she really becomes a sort of criminal herself, uh, and. 
she's very bad at it because she, because <laughs> she, I mean, really one thing we wanted to show how um how just actually you know you know often in thrillers people you know the, the, they need to get rid of the body they have to hide a body and they do it kind of quite effectively but in real life when them you know when you rest, when you research it if you if you have try and dispose of a body in the middle of london it's a very difficult thing to do and we really wanted to show the just the kind of messy complicated practicalities of trying to conceal a, a crime and get rid of a body and what so especially someone who, who's, who's not made who hasn't she's not prepared for this for this job so I mean, yeah she gets herself spectacularly tangled up in her own mistakes i mean she's a bit like the plot structure she's like she just kind of winds herself further and further into her in, in, into the things that she does to try and cover things up um yeah and we like that about it we like that she's kind of kind of completely hopeless <laughs> I mean, <laughs> doing anything we sort of love her and we want her to get you know but it's uh yeah it's she gets into terrible tr- terrible tangle so so since you guys mentioned uh, the dead body let, let's go there um so bonnie goes to her boyfriend's apartment and finds a dead body and and you know instead of calling the police she decides to hide the body and and you know it escalates from there what what is going on with bonnie why why does she make these choices well in a way this is where we need we you know to avoid spoilers because in a way that of course that's the mystery i mean in a way there are two there as we were saying we we wanted to try and create two kinds of mystery and one is the is the question of why is she doing this what is you know and so that's why we need to tell the story leading up to it about you know what what has she got herself into why is she behaving so strangely and then the second thing is uh, the more normal thing is both the problem of of dealing with the body and then actually the question of who did this you know was it is it bonnie herself is it someone else you know so so we in a way that's uh, we, we wanted that's the that's really the mystery of why this very normal woman should be behaving in such a pathological and in fact criminal way and and you tell the story in in a sort of dual narrative uh sort of way what um i understand why you decided to do that because it's important to sort of unraveling the mystery or allowing us to unravel it as we go. Um, but as writers, when you're conceptualizing how you're going to tell the story and and you're looking at it from all the different angles, um, how do you manage something like that? You know, where you've got the two storylines. Um, I, I understand how how your process works about how you write together and i'll link up the other um shows that we've done together where people can go back and and listen to more of how you kind of work together but how do you manage this sort of uh story told in two pieces like this How how do you lay it out so that you can understand it as you go well, I, I think it was fiendishly complicated, actually. <laughs> and I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I love know. knowing that it wasn't easy. <laughs> it was all those years ago. But so, in a sense, we needed to have what the story leading up to the finding the body was and what the story leading away from it is. And then interleave them in such a way as that they kind of satisfactorily played off each other. So it was a question of... in so. For quite a few of our books, we are quite free in the way that we let the story unfold and we leave it to each other to kind of find ways along the journey. But in this one, we had to be extremely kind of methodical and careful. 
um, so it was literally kind of like almost like brick by brick of the story we had to lay down. Yeah, also, but and one important thing to say that I think some people may be listening thinking, well, surely because there are two of them writing it, maybe Sean wrote the before bits and Nikki wrote the after bits. And we, of course, we never, we never divide things up in a sensible, logical way. We all, I mean, as we've talked about before, we, you know, we just, you know, we do all the research together, we plan the story together, and then we just, but, but when it comes to writing, we, you know, we just happen to write what, you know, what we you know, whatever's called for it on that particular day so there was nothing logical about it but as nikki said this particular book in a way partly um uh it's about it's a book about musicians and there is a there's a i think one of the things it, it took a lot of work you know constructing this book is there's a certain kind of musical interweaving of the two of the past and the future together so we hoped it sort of really worked as a narrative even though you're being you know you keep moving between what happened before the death and after the death we were very clear that you know we it was we knew that we were writing into something it was like a labyrinth and we were leading the reader into this labyrinth so we wanted to be as clear as possible in leading them through like the kind of piece of string to, to follow through because it it would have been it, you know, we did. We really wanted to give it a kind of compelling forward motion, even though we were moving backwards and forwards. Gotcha. Um, one thing that I love about um, your books, and I, I don't think we've really talked about it much in the past, is not only do you write these fantastic main characters who the, the story is all about, but your cast of supporting characters are are some of the best um, ever. Um, how do you how do you think about the the other people in the story that are going to hold the story up and and uh, and you know what their role is? So we have a, we we've talked about this a lot because in the same way that we say that our central characters don't know that they're in a thriller and they don't really want to be in a thriller they want to be somewhere else also our kind of side characters they don't know their side characters for them they're the center of their own particular drama and have to be treated like that so each character that we have in our books they need to have their own small drama they need to have their history we need to know who they are and then i guess just in the act of writing about them and having them all interact they grow also, in this particular case, as Nikki was saying earlier, this is very much about a group of, you know, it's a, it's about a group of people, and we were really interested in how groups work together. So they're 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 sort of friends, but they're also one of the points is they're all getting, to, they're all in different way, they're different kinds of musician who are, who are forced together because they they've agreed to play at, at a wedding party. So they're while dealing with terrible problems, they're also having to rehearse together and prepare for this concert that happens at the end at the end of the book and so we were, we were sort of interested in the kind of both the you know there's something wonderful about when about when musicians play together and at the same time we wanted to show the to toxic relations you know and the kinds of awful bullying and exploitation and even violence that can happen between people who think of themselves as friends so, so we that we wanted to show different sides so we wanted the different kinds of people who fit into that world so the people who are their ex-friends or ex-lovers and or children of friends you know so we, we wanted to have a real variation in that group so um 
this book, the the other side of the door, is is debuting here in the states and and elsewhere around the world. Um, and and that's a that's that's a lot of fun. And and we're always glad to have a new Nikki French novel. Um, what are you guys working on now? What what else do you have brewing that uh, that we'll be seeing in the near future? So we we finished a book called um, Unheard. And that will come out later in the year. And we're working on our next book. We're about kind of 80% of the way through the first draft of that. Um, so there are lots of different things being stirred up by us at the moment. I love it. I love it. Well, I can't wait to see what comes next. Um, you guys know that I'm a huge fan of everything that you do. The Other Side of the Door is available everywhere now. When you're hearing this, you can grab it in Kindle edition, or if you still like to hold paper in your hand and read it that way, you can absolutely run down to your bookstore and grab it, or audiobook, which uh, which I think is my my favorite way to listen, uh, to, to read you guys' book, is to listen to the audiobooks. There's it, it, it just transports me to uh, to a new world. Um, anyway, we're going to put links to all of those uh, in the in the show notes of the episode. Uh, Nikki and Sean, where can people connect with you online if they want to dig into all the great stuff you do? Uh, well, the, the the easiest way is if you just go to the quick the quick way in is go to go to Twitter and just if you dial Nikki French into Twitter, you'll find us. Excellent. We'll uh, put links to that as well. Uh, Nikki, Sean, thank you so much for taking time to come back on the show. Thank it's always you. a pleasure, Hank. It's been lovely. Authors, if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be, look no farther than Pico's House. Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's House is the one-stop shop for you. Check them out today at picoshouse.com. Are you looking for software that helps you bring your novel to life? Novelize is a web-based writing app which allows you to access your work on any device with a browser and an internet connection. Write from your desktop, laptop, tablet, or smartphone. Just get the novel written. Say goodbye to sticky notes. With our notebook on the side, you can keep track of all the important information you need to write your novel. We keep distractions to a minimum, help you track your progress, and encourage you to write more novels. You can even use the same notebook for your novels in a series. Outline, write, or organize your novel by switching between modes. You can write your outline notes while you're writing, and you can move scenes and chapters around anytime in the organize mode. Choose between the dark and light theme to help prevent eye strain so that you can stay immersed in your book. Novelize, the app for writers by writers.